What is going on, everybody? Today's episode of Scrolling Through Life is brought to you by Bolton Barrel. Bolton Barrel is a premium synthetic graphene-infused all-purpose lubricant that will outperform anything on the market. The graphene and Bolton Barrel formula is created, creates microscopic separation between metal-on-metal contacts. Bolton, Barrel, Bolton Barrel's graphene-infused lubricant has been proven to improve friction by 70% by creating a physical separation in, on metal-to-metal contact points. Great for firearms, bicycles, power tools, or anything that needs a high-performance lubricant. Bolton Barrel is a veteran-owned company and available on www.boltonbarreloil.com as well as select retailers around the country. Check them out on Instagram at Bolton Barrel Oil. Again, that's www.boltonbarreloil.com. Use promo code SCROLLING for 10% off at checkout. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Scrolling Through Life. Uh, I got my buddy, my brother here, John, uh, James, sorry, <laughs> James here with me again, and he has brought a uh, special guest on today, uh, John Vitale. John Vitale is a, uh, a veteran, combat veteran, um, and he was also a uh, first responder at um, at uh, Ground Zero 9-11. Uh, so uh, without, without uh, any further ado, John. Hey guys, John Vitale here. Um, Tom, thank you very much for uh, putting me on the show. I appreciate it. Jim, thank you very much. Good to hear you guys' voices. Yeah, man. Looking yeah. forward to this. Yeah, thanks for taking the time off. Thank you. So, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna kind of do the leading. Um, I met John uh, at a buddy's wedding uh, down in the Dominican Republic, and um, I didn't. I didn't know John when I when I first when I first saw him, um, he'd gone through a program uh, that this same friend, it was Bobby, the guy that we interviewed. Yep. Um, and uh, he'd gone through a program that Bobby was working with. Uh, and it was, this program does first responders, works with first responders and veterans. Right. So it works with them both. And so, um, you know, John, in fact, John and I were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, and it was like, you know, we didn't we didn't really like each other in the very beginning. We thought it was like, well, you know, and he's like, you were very standoffish. Right. And he goes, and then he says, he says, but usually the ones that are harder, to, the nuts that are harder to crack are the ones that are, are like, you, you go through that, like, you have the best relationship right. with. Right. And we are. We're, we're, we're thick as thieves. I mean, we're, we're tight. <laughs> so it's just kind of funny. To say the least. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a good thing. Um, anyway, Hey John, why don't you go ahead and let everybody know, just get it, kind of give yourself a, uh, like a brief bio, um, just kind All of right, on so, yourself and what led, what led up to that day. Okay. So, um, I, you know, I was born and bred in New York. Um, I got on NYPD back in 1998. Um, and I joined the reserves back in 1990. So I was doing the reserve thing with the Navy, building bombs for airplanes. Then I got on the job at NYPD. Um, first couple of years on the job was very difficult, hard job. Um, my third year on the job, you know, 9-11 went down. And, uh, you know, everything changed there. So um, I was working, uh, I remember I was working at midnight. So uh, I got home early in the morning. And I went to bed and I got a phone call. Like somebody woke me up out of a sound. So I don't even know who it was who called me. And they were like, dude, get up, get your ass into work. So I was like, what? So um, I jump out of bed. 
I just happened to flick on the TV, you know, and the TV's just plastic with all this. So, uh, you know, I jump in my car and I end up going, um, you know, to the site. You know, there was traffic up to a certain point and then the roads were just wide open. So basically I just, uh, what we call tin our way through, you know, I show my, uh, my shield and my ID, you know, on the highway guys just let me through. And, um, I was on the Kosciuszko bridge when the first building came down and, um, I got down to the site right before the second building came down. So, um, just total chaos like a feeling like it was the end of the world it was just surreal it was like um right. you know like like something out of a movie i can't i couldn't even explain it um there was just you know debris everywhere covered in soot you know it was this, it would smelled like um like wet wet cement that's what i remember a lot like that and um I remember going to the command and there was a, I looked to my left and there was like a, in the middle of the intersection, there was a big piece of landing gear from one of the planes. And, uh, you know, just people running everywhere. There was, there was bodies everywhere. Um, you know, I don't know who was unconscious, who was dead, what was going on. Um, and then the rest of it, I don't, I don't really remember too much of the rest of that day. I remember going back to Brooklyn to my other command and, uh, you know, from there we staged and it was basically, you know, just 16 hour days every day going back to the site, back to the site. So, um, too, it was well, like way too much stuff to process at one time, you know, it was just yeah. totally overwhelming. Oh yeah. Um, so, um, I mean, that was it. I mean, the hardest part that day was hard, but the the rescue and recovery was worse because, you know, like you'd go in, somebody hands you a garbage bag and be like, okay, go on, you know, go into the mound and uh, any body parts you can find, just put it in the bag and bring it back, you know, to this tank. Oh, wow. So, you know, I had a, like a hefty garbage bag, you know, with the red tie up. And uh, I remember the first day I went, I filled that garbage bag up about a quarter of the way. Just parts. What, what I thought, yeah, what, what I thought was body parts. I mean, some for sure I knew, but others that was just that could be put right. it in the bag, you know. So um, <clears throat> that that's like ingrained in my brain big time. Um, and then uh, just being on the mound and, and just it was surreal. Like um, I never knew fire could be so many different colors. Like right. I remember seeing, you know green flames, purple flames, blue flames. I mean, you name it. Right. I mean, there was stuff on fire. You know, FD would be like, listen, don't go over there. That's all on fire. I'm like, there's no flames. It's not coming out. He's like, no, you can't see it. That's all on fire though. So, um, and then anytime they found like a first responder, whether it be a fireman or a, uh, or a cop, they would, uh, whatever we were doing, everything would stop. I mean, they just stopped everything. And then they would uh, recover the remains. Right. We'd have like a little ceremony and then they'd take them or whatever. So um, never found anybody like totally intact. It was always just pieces or parts. Um, 
the most I've seen of a person was like from the waist up. Right. And then everything else gone. Um, what was the, uh, uh, what was the urgency like, like at that time? Cause I know there's people still, you know what I'm saying? Alive, but like what you're explaining to me is like such, I mean, uh, <laughs> seeing that I, I, I don't even know what I'd be thinking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, like just, well, yeah, you, you don't think, you right, just, right. um, you know, it was kind of like, um, you know, it was like kind of being like in a fantasy world or something, you know, yeah. and somebody would shout something like, Hey, you know, I need this. And like, if you were aware, you just go get them like, Hey, I, you know, I, let's get some, let's get a bucket brigade going here, you know? And then you, next thing you know, you got a bucket in your hand yeah. and you're, you know, you're moving stuff by hand, you know, or, you know, you know, Hey, you know, the dog sat on something here, you know, let's dig this out here. So, um, and the other thing that was weird too, is, um, this was after, after stuff started getting like more organized and stuff. Um, yep. so they had a, they had a tent and it looked like a shoe store. So when I first saw it, I didn't like, I was like, well, you know, you know, I didn't think about it. I just thought, you know, everybody was whatever we needed. We had there, whatever we needed. Yep. So, um, you'd go on the mound and, if you were in a hot spot, your boots would start melting. Huh. Like if you had a pair of Timberlands on or whatever, they would just like after, depending on how hot it was, maybe 15, 20 minutes, the bottoms of your boots would be all mushy, you know, cause all the rubber was melting. Yeah. So you'd have to come off the mound, go get another pair of boots and then go back in. So like every 20 minutes or so you were running back to get another pair of boots, you know, depending on where you worked. Wow. So yeah, that was kind of like, that stuck in my head too like you know like this is crazy what are we doing you know it's like i have so many so, questions but i'm like <laughs> no I'm, I'm i'm the same no, way i'm just I'm, I'm trying to trying to let him finish the story yeah. I, as, as i think about it he's starting to answer some of them but at the same time they just kind of keep it's i you know I, I remember where i was at that day and it's i, I mean it's even though it's you know 20 years ago yeah i'm like uh, I'm I'm still in awe, you know, and it's I mean, and John and I talk about it. It's it's yeah, uh, it's just well, yeah. Some 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 days I don't talk about it at all, like I can't, right? Yeah. And then other days, you know, I'll just start blurting stuff out, you know, or you know, just start talking about it. And uh, and some of it, like I don't remember, like I'm like, and then it'll come back to me, like, oh yeah, I remember that. You mean you mean blurting out like Tourette's or just like, just like. <laughs> <laughs> no, like 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 when I'm with, <laughs> like when I'm with you, Jim. Like sometimes you know, yeah. I'll just start talking about nine eleven to you, you know, just yeah. like out of the blue, you know. No, I don't. So, uh, <laughs> so I, you know, I guess it's like you know being uh, you know a cup full of water, you know, it spills out. Yeah. No, so that's yeah. No, that's that's a good example. It really is. This is the. For me, for me, man, this is the first time. I mean, I've obviously I've heard, you know, on TV, heard the stories and interviews and stuff, but this is the first time I've personally heard it directly out of yeah. anybody's mouth, and that's why yeah. I think I'm like kind of floored right now because, like, it's it's just, yeah. I no, mean, I, crazy. I've, I've heard a lot of things from John, but I mean, this is, yeah, this is the first time that I've heard him talk about like that day. Um, we we talked a couple of weeks ago about um a organization that I was affiliated with at the time that I, I literally signed into on 9-11 and um, they were doing some work up there in New York and John uh, John and I were talking about the uh, FDNY chaplain that they'd found in, in the mound um, and he was helping and our chaplain 
had gotten close to this guy. Right. So when we found out about it, that was kind of a um, a big thing for these guys, you know. Right. I mean? So. Um, yeah, he was a well well known, well respected. You know, he was like a bigger than life type of guy. Yeah. And uh, he got killed. Some some debris hit him. They don't know if it was, you know, bodies or you know, some type of debris hit him, killed him. How many? I mean. Not that you probably know exactly, but like how far out of a radius, you know what I'm saying? Like, was it all like where the debris and everything was like falling down at? Was it like, you know? So, so to put it in perspective, right? So Manhattan's about 13 miles long. Yep. Um, the 9-11 site, if you look at all of Manhattan is not really big. It's not, it's not a big site. Right. Um, I would say maybe, maybe 10 blocks long, like north and south, and then maybe six or seven blocks wide. So that's it, you know? So pretty much all, so... It was very concentrated, but it seemed like, it seemed like the whole world was, you know, destroyed, you know? Yeah. It's it's like, it's like watching one of those... uh, one of the, oh, I can't remember. There's a movie that with Will Smith and you're watching that whole thing and it's like, oh, this is all surreal and, and these guys are actually living it. Yeah. You know. Did you guys pretty much just yeah. come, were you guys pretty much just going wherever to help or or were certain precincts and fire departments like in certain areas or was it just like, hey man, just go where you can right now? You know, just- So initially, you know, the day of, it was total chaos. Right, right, right. right. I mean, it's just total chaos. Um you know, you didn't know who was alive, who was dead. You didn't, you didn't know what was going on. You didn't know what, you know, you were standing next to a building. You didn't know if that building was going to come down on top. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, so you were just like, you're kind of like a, like a mouse in a trap. You're just running around in circles, you know? And if you saw somebody that needed help, you try and give them a little help and then you move on. Wow. You know, it, it was just, just total chaos. So how like many, I can't go ahead. Go ahead. How, how many days? And I, I mean, keep keep in mind back here in our little our little bubble where we were at as this was all going on. We were getting ready to take the take right. the baton from you guys. Um, how many days did this last for you before you finally just before they were finally like, hey, uh, take a break. Here, go home and get some rest. Yeah. Oh, oh shit! So that first day, I was there. I, mean, I don't know, maybe sixteen hours. I, I went home, you know, took a shower because it was filthy. And then uh, right back to work, you know, I maybe slept two hours if I slept at all. And then right back. So I would say, um, I mean, most of the time it was it was 16-hour days, seven days a week. No days off. And, I, you know, I was a rookie at this point. I only had three years on the job. Yeah. So, you know, there, w- there was no, you know, you weren't. If you had vacation, it was canceled. If you had any days off, it was canceled. You know, you were working, you know, so, and sometimes, you know, you might work on, on a mound for a week or two, and then maybe a day or two, you come off the mound and you, you would do something on patrol or, you know, or, or, you know, run to get supplies or something, you know, something other than just digging all day. Was the whole, because, uh, was the whole city on curfew also at the time? Like, you know what I mean? So you guys had all that stuff going on at ground zero, um, you know, did like crime kind of, I mean, was there things going you on? Know what? To be honest with you, that was probably, 
<laughs> it was probably the worst time to be a cop, but also the best time to be a cop. Right. I mean, you you had restaurants just open up their doors. You just, you know, you could walk in anywhere, like come come sit down and eat. You guys need water. I mean, people would, you know, just people in the neighborhoods would just come out and, you know, you'd be, let's say in a patrol car sitting there, right. ready to do something. They'd come and give you water, whatever, whatever you needed. Like, it, it was just surreal. I mean, and, you know, cops being cynical and stuff were like, oh, this shit ain't going to last. You know, this is... <laughs> right. This is just for now, but but um, it was like the whole city was like in shock. You know, everybody was. It was like a mass, you know, trauma. Like the whole city was just like walking around in a daze. You know, right? But you know, they let you know there was no protest or anything. Like that you know, let the firemen, let the cops, let EMS do their jobs. You know, like you know, whatever we needed. So yeah, you know, the civilian population was actually awesome you know during right. 9-11 right you know it was unreal like everybody just pulled together like everybody yeah so let's let's go to the end of day one john <clears throat> end of day one you go home what's, exhausted i was what's, I was what's your head like <sighs> nothing total blank I, I remember one thing i called my mother because my mother was like that was the other thing like cell phones that day uh, you couldn't get through to anybody. I mean, cell phones just blew up, you know? So, like, my mother's like, I'm try- I was trying to call you, you know, a hundred times. I can't get through. I can't get through. So this was, like, around, you know, 10 o'clock at night or whatever. So I'm like, listen, Mom, I'm home. I was just down there. I, I need to get some sleep or whatever. I said, you know, I'm going back in at midnight or whatever. And um, and she says to me, she goes, are you all right? And I just bawl, you know, just start bawling. And, uh, you know, that was, uh, I cried myself to sleep. Basically I slept for like two or three hours and then boom, I went back. Right. So let's go to, let's go to the end of the end of week three. So you're already, you're already going through like basically your time off the mound is patrolling and that's supposedly your, your quote unquote rest break from that. Yeah. Right. You know, right. But my crime was at all all time low during nine eleven. Right. Like even the criminals just chilled out. Because right? <laughs> <I mean, laughs> everybody was scared. Cause like, right. okay, what's next? You know, they just, <laughs> they yeah. just you know, knock down half of lower Manhattan. What, right. What's next? That's so true. Yeah. So, so week, week so being on patrol was kind of like a break, you know, it really was. It was like, Oh, you know, right. Wow. So you got at that time, um, you got the boys going. You got your kids. You got, uh, uh, you know, what's what's going on then? Like, like I said, like oh, right so at that three. time, yeah. So that time I was married. Um, <clears throat> I just got married not too long before that, and um, my first wife. And um, you know, I wasn't home. I was gone sixteen hours a day. You know, she was home, worried, sick. You know, um. Uh, and three weeks, you know, things started to get a little more organized. Like, um, there was some, there was little power struggles here and there. Like the FBI would come in and be like, Hey, we're doing this. And we would be like, no, you're not doing that. Or, you know, FD would be like, Hey, we need to do this. And then, you know, PD would be like, no, you can't do that. You got to do this, you know? So, but it started to work itself out. Um, um, I tell you what, the steel workers were awesome. Cause there was so much metal and stuff that needed to be cut and moved. And those guys were just shit hot, man. They would get stuff done. 
Yeah. Nice. Um, um, but, you know, f- pretty much everybody worked with everybody. Um, you know, if you needed something, you know, people were, were right on it. Or, you know, if, if somebody needed help, you know, there was more than enough people, to, you know, okay, we'll help you out with this. How it should right. be. Right. Yeah, no. It, yeah, it, yeah. It shouldn't take a crisis for us, exactly. for us to be able to figure that out. Um, right, right. right. So, but that, yeah, that pretty much flowed. Once it got organized and, you know, then it was much, much smoother process, you know. Well, that, but that's like with anything, right? So right, right. it's total chaos. And then once you straighten your shit out, then things start to, okay, this makes sense. Let's do this. Not, let's not do that. You know, stuff like that. And that was like right around week three or in the end of the first month. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Okay. I'd say that. Okay. So, um, let's skip down the road a little bit. Um, you know, so, let's, okay. let's look, so let's look at the you, first so, year. Let's look at the end of the first year when all is, Everything's kind of done. Everything's kind of back. We've we've taken the baton, um, and I, I'm going to quote a shirt that I have that I found from my first Afghan trip, and it's a picture of a of a of a firefighter and a cop, and they're handing the flag off to one of our operators and says, "I'll take it from here." So we've already taken the baton wow. from you guys, and right. we're, we're at the end of the first year. Right. So December, um, my first wife had enough. You know, so September went down. December, she was like, "Listen." I don't have a husband, you know, I just, I have a roommate at best. She was like, I'm out of here. So dealing or not dealing with 9-11, you know, just, you know, back in September to December, um, then she leaves. So I was, uh, this is 2012, right? This is no, this is December of 11. Yeah. December of 11. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's when, that's when she stepped. Okay. So, um, you know, we were still going down there, still doing things. Um, and I just like emerged myself in work, you know, just work, 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 work. You know, I was already doing 16 hour days for September, October for about three months straight, 16 hour days, seven days a week. So, so let's, let's, let's skip to the, let's, let's skip to the, like, we've got one year in. You know, so it's 2012. We've we've already passed September 11th, 2012. We're at one year. Where's where's yeah. John at right now? So uh, a couple of things happened between then. Um, there was a major airplane crash in Queens that I was involved in, uh, which we thought was 9/11 related. Anything that was had to do with a plane, right? Um, you know, and um, that was surreal too. But um, what year was this? 2012. 2012. I was in 2012, yeah. So out in Queens. Um, oh, I forget oh, what plane wait. it was. Was it the, but there was that, a, that small bunch of Dominicans? Right? Yeah. That's right. And it crashed in the neighborhood. Right. And I remember we rolled up. I was in a van and uh, we rolled up and we uh, slid the van door open. And I step out and there's like a, there's an airplane seat with like three bodies in it, you know, just burnt. So I was like standing there and I remember fireman hit me on the shoulder and he's like, listen, they're gone. Come, come over here. We need your help over here. You know, just like, so yeah. like all the shit just, it just never stopped, you know, and being a cop, um, you know, you see stuff every day, you know, who's getting chopped up with a machete, who got ran over by a train, you know, you know, right. who's stabbing who, who's shooting who. Um, so you kind of like just become numb to it. You don't, and you don't process it. You don't, 
you just go along, you know, you just you're shoving it down. Yeah. Oh, you're shoving it way down, you know? So, and you become very, you know, you just become very numb to it. And, um, so, and in the meantime, you know, still doing the reserves. I didn't, I didn't deploy until 2000, um, 2007. That's when I went to Afghanistan. Right. So let's, let's, let's look at, um, I said 2012. I meant 02. Yeah, I was saying yeah. 2012. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm yeah. sorry. I said a year later and I said 2012. No, okay. I, yeah. No, it's two, I'm sorry, 2002. So let's. Damn army guys can't. Yeah, count. right. No, I mean, yeah. Um, so we're looking at. Let's let's look at the year before you deploy. What's what's John? What's John doing? What's John feeling like? What's he? You know, what's what's going through his head? So we're talking, we're, we're, we're talking 2006. Yeah. So I was, didn't realize it at the time, but I was very, um, I was like a loner. I had very few friends. All the friends that I did had 90% of them were guys that were on the job. Um, didn't have a girlfriend. A lot of guys used to break my balls on the job. They said, oh, he's gay or something like that. Because he's like, I've seen him with anybody. So, um, but I was just so um inward you know um super angry at everything you know um yeah i can imagine we're just bottling all that stuff up and seeing all that for so long sound familiar yeah Yeah, right exactly (laughs) (laughs) exactly and and you know of of the mindset of i'm fine you know i'm good you know i'm all right i can i can handle this i I never even said that I, i could handle this i just was like no i'm fine Right. You know, and there was one point in there um, after my first wife left, I remember I was sitting on the end of the bed and I, and I picked up my gun and uh, I got it in my hand and I, and I could put it in my lap and I'm sitting there and I'm looking at it. And I remember saying to myself, give me one good reason why I shouldn't end this right now. And uh, of all the stupidest reasons in the world, I was a big, uh, <laughs> Lord of the Rings fan. Like I love the trilogies. I love reading the books and um, they came out with the movies. And I think it was the second movie that was coming out. And that's what popped into my head. I was like, Oh man, I can't off myself. I got to see this movie, you know? And I put the gun away and never thought about it ever, you know, after that. I got to take the ring back to the volcano. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I was so numb to it. Like it, it didn't even see, seem not normal, you know, it was just like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. You know, that's crazy, man. So, um, yeah, that that sticks out to me because I was like, wow, you know, I, I thought about, you know, off of myself, yeah. you know, eating my gun, and I didn't even, like, fl- you know, flinch like, hey, there's something wrong with you, dude. You need to go get help. Yeah, it's not, like, yeah, there's, there's no, there's no, uh, like, oh, hey, uh, yeah, no, I, I get it, man. I, I get it. Um, yeah. So fast forward to 2012. So I, I lived with this all the way to 2012, you know, bottle up, bottle up. Hey, John. So finally. Hey, John. Yeah. Let's, let's go to the yeah. deployment. Then we'll go to 2012. That was my bad. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> all right. Sorry, sorry. Let's, let's go to the deployment in 2007. So we, we're, I'm, I'm just trying to break it down, man. That's all. So. so in 07, my unit gets called up to, you know, go to Afghanistan. So um, go to Afghanistan and, um, 
you know, whatever it's war zone. So, right. you know, we're doing a job. I mean, the, the work tempo was insane. We we're working like crazy. And, um, um, I saw, you know, a couple of my friends get hurt. Um, guy that we knew from a sister unit, uh, lost his leg in an accident working, working with the planes. Um, I was involved with, um, the suicide bomber when Cheney came I was in February. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so a bunch of women and children get just slaughtered basically. Um, but like I said, still no emotion, no, just shove it down in there. You know, you know, this war, this is what happens, you know, live with it. So, um, I did a six month appointment. You know, I was in, I, I switched over to the air. I was in the Navy. Um, I kept, uh, what they call PNA and I would, Passed my exams, but I, I couldn't advance because it was so top heavy. Right. So a buddy of mine was like, "Hey, man, come over to the Air Force, man. It's really, you know, it's really cool, dude. You get to sleep in hotels and shit like that. You know, no more ships or anything like that." And I wanted to get out of doing what I was doing. You know, I was just loading bombs on planes when I was in the Navy. So um, switched over to the Air Force, and like I said, then in, then in 07 got deployed. Um, wasn't a I mean, it wasn't like you guys deploying, but you know, it still wasn't, it wasn't, um, for the average person, it wasn't a, a easy deployment. You know what I mean? Like stuff happened, you know, it was rocket attacks. They were getting mortared. Um, like I said, the suicide bomber, um, so I did my six months and I came home and I just got married in 2007 right before I left, I got married again. As soon as I got married, I deployed, just built my house. So I didn't even see my house done. I left and I came back and, you know, she moved in and, you know, I had my house. And, um, that's when I started realizing that, uh, there might be something wrong. Cause when I came back from deployment, I was very, uh, more paranoid than being a cop. I feel very um, uncomfortable because nobody had guns. Nobody had long guns. Yeah. Right. Like you walk around, it's like, this is not safe, dude. Nobody's armed. You know, I, I would always, I would sleep with my, with my handgun. I would always have my gun with me. Um, I remember one night I woke up in the middle of the night. It was summertime. I had the windows open and uh, I woke up in the middle of the night with my hand over my wife's mouth and my gun in my hand. And our eyes were like huge. And she's like, what the fuck? So I'm like, shh. I was like, somebody's trying to break into the house. So I was like, get the kids. I was like, if you hear, I'm going to go outside to the back of the house and see what's going on. So my house, I live upstairs and I have an apartment downstairs that I rented out. And it sounded like somebody was tearing the screen to the window downstairs. So I thought somebody was trying to break in. I get up. I go outside. It's like three o'clock in the morning. I go around the house. I light up the side of the house with my flashlight. That's a goddamn cat climbing the fence, trying to get into a bird's nest. So I come back, I come back inside. My wife was like, my wife was a cop. I married a cop for my second marriage. Um, she's like, what's going on? I was like, oh, it's just a, just a cat climbing up on the fence. She's like, you asshole, you scared the shit out of me. I'm like, all right, just let's go back to bed. You know, not, like everything's normal, you know, like, right. 
So the next day she's like, listen, you, you need to talk to somebody. So I was like, what are you talking about? And she goes, you, you're way wound up way too tight. So I kind of blew her off. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, I'm fine. Right. Yeah, of course. Standard. <laughs> so, and also I, I used to mentally beat the crap out of her. Like she would do something, you know, wrong, you know, or this wasn't in this place or that wasn't in that place. And I would fly off the handle, you know, right? and just like always on top of her, on top of her, on top of her to the point where she broke and she left. And that's when that was around 2012. So that's when I, um, I went out to California with my kids and a friend of mine, um, knew this guy, Jake, who had this program. And she told me, she goes, oh, I want you to meet my, my friend, Jake. She goes, very similar to you. You know, he was a cop. He was in the military and he runs this program for veterans. So I get introduced to this guy and uh, we start talking and um, he's kind of like speaking my language. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm playing my game, you know, my bullshit game, you know, like, yeah, I'm doing good because he asked me about 100 times. How are you feeling? How are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I'm doing good. And in the back of my head, I'm like, why does this guy keep asking me, you know? How am I doing? Like, if I'm fine, if I'm good. So at the end of the conversation, he looks at me and he goes, you're full of shit. And I go, what? And he called me out on my bullshit. And no one's ever done that. Right. Right. So I was like, I was like, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he goes, you're full of shit. He goes, you, you need to come, you know, and, and do my program. And I was like, fuck you, man. And I was like, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. And he's like shaking his head and he hands me his card. And we split, you know, split. He went his way, I went my way. I got back to New York, about, I don't know, a couple of days later, whatever it was. And uh, I had I had the card in my pocket. I took it out, I was gonna throw it in the garbage. Right before doing the garbage, I was like, I called him up. And I was like, hey, Jake, it's, it's John Vitale. So you remember, he goes, hey, John, how you doing? And I was like, listen, I need to come to the program. And he goes, okay, when, when do you wanna come? He goes, I have, you know, this date or this date. And I said, well, I can't do that date, but I can do this date. And he's like, all right. Cause I was at the point I told Jim this, he laughed. I was at the point, if you would have told me, listen, strip down naked will smear you in peanut butter and you run in traffic and you'll, you'll, you'll feel better. You know, you'll do better. I was like, all right, let's go. Let's do it. Right. <clears throat> you know, I just, I was at that point, you know, Yeah. it was either that or I was going to go back to, you know, maybe I'll just eat my gun and just end it all. So I went through the program and I meet, I meet Bobby and, um, same thing. Bobby, when I first met Bobby, Bobby picked me up at the airport with Jake and he told Jake that he goes, that's the angriest dude I've ever seen in my life. This is Bobby Farmer telling Jake that And I didn't see myself as being an angry guy, you know, cause you know, it's not stamped on you. It doesn't say, listen, you're fucked up. Right. This is it. You know? So go through the program. Didn't really talk to, you know, I kept to myself basically. And as we started to do the program, I started, um, the thing that, that, that opened me up was, um, when I was taught meditation and when I was taught, um, I told the guy, I said, listen, I said, don't, I don't want to hear about this tree hugging bullshit, man. And he's like, listen, just give me 20 minutes of your time, John. That's all I asked. Right. Just give me 20 minutes. And he goes, just, just open your mind for 20 minutes. That's all I'm asking. 
So I'm like, all right, man, I trust you. I said, but if I think this is bullshit, I said, I'm walking out of here. So I do my 20 minutes and it just totally opened up my whole world. Right. You know, it was just, it was like an awe moment for me. Just, and, um, just that weight being lifted. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so after I did my 20 minutes of meditation, I go back down to the group. They were doing some, some exercise or, or on paper or whatever. And, um, I felt that was on top of the world, you know, cause it was like, yeah, it was like you turn the spigot on and you let all it out. Right. Right. So I'm like, yeah, I feel great. And we're doing this um, exercise. Like they told us write down three traumatic things in your life and three good things in your life. So right off the bat, I write down three traumatic things, like not even a thought, boom, 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 boom. And then the three good things I'm like, hesitate. I'm like, well, you know, what's good in my life? Uh, you know, and I had, I was struggling to, to write good, you know, three good things. Right. So the facilitator asked me, she says, tell me one of your, one of your, um, bad things that happened in your life. So I go to open my mouth to say, you know, one of the traumatic things in my life. Right. And I just start bawling in front of all these guys. And I don't know these guys from Adam. And, um, but what it did was it opened up all the other guys. They're like, well, if he can break down, then we can break down. Yep. So it was kind of a kind of cascade effect. Right. So, and the other thing, big thing I took out of that program was, um, we'd all sit down, you know, have like a campfire talk and, uh, Bobby was there. So Bobby would say, okay, tell us your story where Bobby started off telling his story. You know, my just, my jaw drops. I'm like, wow, this guy's, you know, green beret, you know, 10 tours, you know, crazy you know, the stories. So my jaw drops, I hear his story and I'm like, wow, man, you know, he's fucked up. Then the next guy tells his story. I'm like, wow, man, that guy's fucked up. You know, and it goes all the way around. It gets to me and I tell my story and I look up and everybody's looking at me like, like you're wow, hey, that guy's fucked up. That was like huge for me. Cause I was like, Oh shit. You know, these guys understand, they understand. Yeah. <laughs> So, and that was huge because like in the police department, you don't, if you're in trouble, you know, if you're having trouble, you don't tell your boss or you don't go to somebody and say, listen, you know, I'm, I'm having thoughts of suicide or I'm, I'm having, yeah. you know, bad thoughts because they don't, they don't help you. They hammer you, you know, they club you in the head like a baby seal, you know, they take yeah. your gun, yeah. you go to the rubber gun squad, yeah. you get transferred to another unit, you know. You get road therapy. So like if you're living in Staten Island, they're going to transfer you to like the outer borough of Queens somewhere where it takes like two and a half hours to get to work. So you're not helping, you know, you're not helping that guy. You know what I mean? But that's what they do. That's what they think is helpful. So on the job, you keep your mouth shut because you don't want to lose your overtime. You don't want to lose your gig. You know what I mean? So you keep your mouth shut. And that's why guys... They can't handle it and they off themselves. And then the department's like, well, we have, you know, we're having a suicide crisis. We don't know why. Well, look how you're treating your guys. Man. You know, they call out, you know, they're screaming for help. Yep. And you're just whacking them in the head with a club. Yep. Yep. So, and when I went out to the program in, in California, I told the job I was going on vacation. I had no idea I was going to a program. Right. Because I, I knew the deal. Hey, John. 
you, yeah. you can say the name of the program because that's part of the reason that we're that we're doing this. And our, okay. our in so, fact, our next the next one that Tom and I are going to do is about um, how we about places that we can send guys. So you can you can. Yeah, I always Ooh, um I like that. Uh, I love Save a War. It's called Save a Warrior or Saw. We call it Saw Save a Warrior. And uh, the founder is this guy Jake Clark, who's been through it. You know, knows he's one of us. You know what I mean? He's one. And and that was the funny thing. Like when I went, I was like, you know, I'm I'm sitting with guys that were, you know, Green Berets, you know, tip of the spear, massive amounts of combat and stuff like that. And like, I'm just a New York City cop. You know, I'm, I'm not. But then when I tell my story, they're like, dude, I, I can never do what you did, or you know. I, so they made me feel like. Because trauma is trauma. It doesn't matter where it comes from. Man, it's that's trauma, right. trauma, and, and the effects are the same, you know? We, we said that I, I was doing. <laughs> I was doing the same fucked up shit as everybody else was doing. And I'm yep. like, well, you were doing that too? And they're like, yeah. You know, who's on their third wife, who, who's who's angry all the time, or who's popping pills, or, yep. you know, whatever, to try and deal with it, right? Yep. The paths are different, but we all wind up in the same, in, yeah. you know, at the same end. Yeah, man. Yeah, like all the symptoms are, are the same, really. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So, and, and that was like huge, you know, that was like an eye opener for me. Like, and it also made me feel like, you know what? I'm not the only one. You know, it's not just me, you know? And John, you and know, it's not, I'm not normal. You know, I'm normal. I'm not, not normal. You know what I mean? Right. But you got to think about this too. The very beginning of this, you were the tip of the spear. We were, we, I mean, yes. we, you really were. We talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. You really, you guys really were the tip of the spear. We were just kind of waiting in the wings to see what was happening. And then, I mean, you know, then it it was launched. But I mean, that's you were the tip of the spear on this one. So, I got a quick question for you. Um, um, This is probably kind of veering off just a little bit, but um, is the NYPD more equipped and better? Oh, gotcha. So yeah. So to handle situations like mine, or you know, like that. Um, yeah. They, just, well, well, yeah. So I was gonna say, just like the mental health thing. So like, I know here in the army, like it's always been a taboo and a, you know, what I'm saying a stigma, right? But now it's it's becoming more of a conversation. I guess is is was was more my question. So it's the more of a conversation that it's become. Um, you know, I I think we're starting to kind of deal with it a little bit a little bit better than we ever were before. Um, so yeah, so like, I was just asking, you know what I'm saying? In that sense, if, 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 uh, well, the military and, and the police department are, are similar, right? The big bureaucracy, right, right? right? Bureaucracies are real slow. You know, the wheels turn really slow. Um, I mean, does PD have programs? Yes, they do. But just, um, how can I say it? Like just the, the, the stigma of it, you know, guys, you know, cops are very like entrenched in their thoughts and, and, and how they are. Right. Right. And once you put out there that, you know, you're going to get hurt if you, if you reach out, I mean, that spreads like wildfire through the ranks. Right. Right. And then everybody keeps their mouth shut. Right. And the, the department itself is kind of like tone deaf. Like they don't, well, why, you know, why are cops killing themselves at like historical rates, you know, New York city cops, you know, the suicide rate is crazy for New York City cops. And they're like, well, why is this happening? Well, I mean, you got to look in at yourself and see what you guys are doing, you know? 
the hardest part of the job for me was it wasn't being out on the street and hunting criminals, right? I, I used to love that, you know? Right. You're on the prowl, you're yeah. looking for perps, right? That, that, I love that, right? The hardest part of the job was dealing with the bureaucracy, dealing with, you know, the administrative stuff. You know, you'd come into work and they'd be like, oh, okay, listen, John, like I was a big collar guy, right? So I would arrest people almost every night. Somebody was going to jail, right? They would come and question me like, oh, you know, you're arresting these people at uh, this time. Why are you arresting them at this time? Well, because I have to do this inspection. I got to do that. You know, I got to do this. This is when I have some time. I start, I go on the prowl and I look for a collar, right? right? So they, they would like criticize you for collaring people for doing for doing work, you know, you get in trouble for it. Right. Like, oh, you, you know, you, you, you got a pattern here. You can't have this pattern. Like there was always something, you know what I mean? It was never like, you know, let the guy do his job. If he does his job good, you know, take care of him. PD is ass backwards. If you're a fuck up, they take care of you because they want you close. So they'll put you inside on a desk job. You know what I mean? Because you're a fuck up. They don't want you in the street. Right. But if you're a very competent guy, they throw you right to the wolves, you know, get yeah. out there on the street. You know, and you're in a patrol car for 20 years. Jeez. So, yeah, you know, but that's like I, I noticed like the military and, you know, being from both worlds, you know, being in reserves. Reserves is different than active duty, obviously. Right. But um, it's still a bureaucracy. So, you know how it works. PD was the same way. Right. So, so let's let's fast forward. So you got uh, 2012. You went to that's when you went to saw, right? Yeah, I went to Sawyer. Okay. So let's fast forward two years later. Where are we at? Life is good, man. That's it. That's Life it. was good. So where are we I was, at? I, so <laughs> I was, uh, um, you know, still single. I had my two boys that I like re fell in love with because when I first had my sons, I was very um, distant with them. They'll never remember because they know they were tiny. But my fear was, I used to have this recurring dream that my oldest son was in pieces and I was trying to put him back together and my hands were full of blood and I, he kept slipping out of my hands. So I couldn't get his arms back on his shoulders and I couldn't get his legs back on his hips. And that was my dream. And I would have that dream all the time. And uh, when I was up with my son, I was very cold with him, you know, very... um I guess I wasn't a good dad, you know what I mean? I was just distant. And after 12, like my whole world changed. Like now with my sons, my sons are my world. I mean, we, I have two boys and we, we do everything together. We do martial arts together. I mean, we do everything. And uh, you know, I have my kids um, and it's great. I mean, it was a whole, my whole mentality, my it was a whole sea change, you know, I just, flipped around. It was like going back to when I was a teenager or, or when I was a kid, I was a, you know, a happy go lucky kid. And I felt like I was back there, you know, um, I was still on the job, but I had a good gig. I wasn't, I wasn't on patrol anymore. I got hooked up with a good gig because there was an old boss. It was an old Vietnam vet. And, uh, he, um, he got me into this really good unit cause he saw, you know, he knew I went, you know, he knew I went to Afghanistan you know, he knew I was, you know, involved in 9-11 and stuff. And he was like, I'm going to take this kid under my wing and take care of him. So, like, he knew. So he hooked me up in this unit. And a lot of overtime and basically 
and when nothing goes up, but but that was, you know, towards the end of my career. And, um, you know, it was good. You know, I was living life, you know, I was still single, whatever, but I had my kids and, um, you know, I had issues with my ex-wife. My ex-wife um, has a drinking problem, so I had to deal with that and my kids. But, you know, and, and like I tried to tell her to go to Saul, but, you know, she didn't want to have nothing to do with me because, you know, I'm the one who pounded her into the ground in the first place. So she wanted anything that I had to say. She wanted nothing to do with that. So, um, but, I mean, the other great thing was, you know, I became really close with Bobby after I went through the program. Um because um, Save a Warrior, so when you're done with it, you get everybody's phone number and everybody like keeps in touch to some extent. So I got real close to Bobby and, you know, I would call Bobby like every day and, you know, we would talk, whatever. And, you know, he'd tell me about his stuff. I'd tell him about my stuff, whatever, or how we're doing, you know, just checking in on each other. Right. And then uh, you know, I would go out and see him when he moved to Texas and, you know, um, then with the wedding, and that's how I met Jim and the other guys. And, uh, and like Jim said, you know, when, when me and Jim first met, we didn't see eye to eye at first. So, <laughs> hey, John, let's back up on that a little bit. So, <laughs> and no, because there was so summer, summer of 14, right? We go down to the dealer mm-hmm. and you're coming because this is you said this was another kind of like milestone or another just kind of like uh, i'm not not really sure how this is going to go because this is this is, remember this is the first time you're meeting all of us yeah yeah you know, and so, i went down there by myself you know i right. wasn't with anybody so just kind of kind of explain that because this 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 actually leads into the whole peer-to-peer thing that we've been pushing um and and talking about since we've been doing this so yeah. So my biggest thing with, with, um, with like group guys before I, I didn't want to, um, Bobby asked me to, to, uh, Bobby, uh, did a film and, uh, he asked me to be involved. And at first I told him no. And then he kind of like, was like, all right, you know, whatever. I thought about it. And then I went and I, you know, helped him out with the film and I told him, I said, listen, I said, I don't want to be portrayed in this as one of you guys, because I am not, you know, uh, I'm not, I'm not a special forces guy. I'm not. And I, that, I was really concerned about that. You know, I was, I was worried that, you know, I, I didn't want to be, you know, because I've seen the things with stolen valor and all that other stuff. And that's, that's not me. I'm very low key. I don't really like to be in this public spotlight or anything. And, uh, just the, the group guys like Bobby's Bobby, Jim, that whole group, they, um, they just like, just took me in like hard and fast, you know, like he's one of us, you know, you're an honorary member. I don't care what anybody says, you know, you're, you're, you're cool with us. And they made me feel really comfortable, even more comfortable than guys that I work with on the job. Cause on the job, you don't really work in groups. You know, you have one part. Like my, my partner that I worked with for most of my years, we're still very good friends. You know, we, we were very close, but it's only one guy, you know, the group. I mean, we talk like every day, right? 
I mean, we're, we're on that message chat. I mean, all day, all night. <laughs> that text chain blows up. But it's, yeah. Like I said, we're always checking on each other. Right. And that's right. that's like when we set this up with us. That's right. why. Right. Because you were taught. Because Tom, so, first, first, time Tom ahead, and I, first time Tom and I got together when we did the interview with me, and that was one of the things that he brought up. He says, constantly trying to get a hold of them, texting right. them, doing all that. But I mean, that's, and that's the point. And this, that was the point where I was talking about with John. Right. You know, that's, that's where all this comes into play. Yeah. I mean, if, we just want it taking care of each other and just checking. You right. know what I mean? Cause and that's, that it actually was, works. Yeah. No, it does. Yeah. And that was, that was, that's, that's the point that I'm trying to get across with him, you know, coming right. down to the wedding. Cause even, even when he walked into the wedding and he said it, he was like, I, I wasn't even sure how, how I was going to be received coming in there. Right. You know? Right. Cause, right. Cause like our friends, our friend's wife, her family would literally sit on the other side of the, the uh, restaurant in the mornings. They'd all come down and they'd say hi, but they'd sit on the other side. Right. And we're all sitting on, at the table together. Like, you know, and, and John comes in and I mean, he sat there with us and, and like he'd been there for years. Right. You know, so um, it's crazy. But yeah, but that's so that's that's where all this kind of comes together, you know, and you know, different different way, different walks of life, different um, professions, and then looking at um, everything that we'd gone through over at that point thirteen years. Um. But coming coming together at the, at the trailhead, if you will, right, you right. know, just different paths, you know, um, and then what I think it is is I think there's a unique commonality, right? Right. I mean, we're we're, we're I hate to say, it, but we're not normal people, right? We didn't we didn't choose normal paths, right? Sure. You didn't you didn't graduate from high school and then became an accountant and sat at a desk. You know what I mean? You know, I, I didn't do that either. You know, uh, a little different, but but there is a commonality there, right? Right. I mean, we, we've seen things and done things that most people have never done or right. never seen. So I guess you subconsciously, you're drawn to that, right? Exactly. Huh. All right. So we're looking at 20 years come this September um, that all of this happened. And that just a couple weeks ago, I saw... Huh, I saw a picture of this lady holding up a sign that says 9-11, get over it. And I really wanted to just like... Did she really say Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The the whole dynamic has changed. I I wanted to throw a baseball through the screen. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure somebody is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So 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 after I did did my work down there, you know, I'd never been back. Never. In all those years. Right. And... Uh, uh, I won't go back because to me it's a they turned it into a tourist trap. Yeah, and it, you know to me that's holy ground. That's 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 a graveyard. Right. You know. That's so true. And um, it just like when I, you know, in Manhattan I go drive by or whatever. It just disgusts me. You know, because it's not. You know, people just see. I mean, they charge people to go into the site. Like really. Right. I remember when they finished that, and you sent you sent the picture. the The night that they finished this, he sends the group a picture 
of the of like the the opening or whatever. Yep, yep. You know, and it's it's dark and the lights are going up, and we're all. I mean, I I don't think anybody sent a text for like an hour after John sent that because we were all just staring at this picture like what in the right. fuck? And it's like you know, I remember what it was like with the towers there. And it's funny because when you see movies that were made in at that point in time, right? And even my son is like, "Is that the Twin Towers?" It's like, "Yeah, dude, that was, yeah. you know." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was, it's like, you know, like I still to this day I can't watch anything, um, you know, about nine eleven when when you know nine eleven that day comes. Yeah, I don't. I shut off the phone. I shut off the TV. I, I don't. Because to this day, I still I have a lot of trouble dealing with it. You know what I mean? Right. So I remember I remember Eric asked me. He was like, "Listen, John, I'm going to come to New York. Would you go to the memorial with?" And I was like, "Nope." And he was like, "All right, cool. I understand." Yeah. But I was like, I didn't even hesitate because that's I just can't. And then you asked me recently too, Jim. You know, like, oh, we, we want to go. I was like, you can go, but I'm I'm not. You know, I'll drop you off there. But I I can't go. Home. Yeah, no, and I, and I understand it. I mean, that's I really do, and that's, um, you know, there's there was a for a minute, there was a group of people trying to do, uh, I guess exposure therapy by taking guys back to places where they'd gotten hit. First of all, this is a civilian civilian organization taking guys back into a war zone where they got blown up and wanting oh, to do for this. Real? Oh, yeah. It was like, I think that's a very bad idea, man. No, no, absolutely. Okay, Tom, tell us what you're feeling right now. And you're like, hold ah. on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I said, it didn't last very long. I mean, it was like, yeah. when I, when I, actually, when I heard about it, I was actually, I was, I was in San Antonio, Texas going through, uh, going through my stuff. And somebody's like, yeah, I did this program. And, and I'm like, and it worked. He goes, "No, I'm here." I'm like, "Oh, yeah, okay, good point." <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, man! But you know, so John, let's let's look at this. So September, this September will be 20 years. Where's John at now? Uh, I, I think I'm back to that. You know, happy-go-lucky guy. I mean, um, you know, I have my moments. Listen. It, it's always going to be with you, right? It's, right? it's always, it doesn't go away. So, but as long as you have like tools in your toolbox to manage things, like, um, like I listened to you, one of your last podcasts about triggers. And I was like, I'm like talking to my phone, like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> like, just like, cause it, you know, it just clicks. I mean, there's so many triggers. Like you right. can, I could be having a great day and I might smell something or something that reminds me of something. And you, you know, you revert right back to that old, my old self. And, and I hate my old self, you know, it yeah. was, I was a horrible person. It wasn't a good place to be. So, um, but like I said, I, I went and got work done. I was smart enough to say I need help and I got help and, and I use those tools, right? Like I, I meditate every day almost, you know, you know, two times a day, 20 minutes, you know, that's, that's what works for me. That's one of my, one of my biggest things, right? Um, the, the group, right. I don't think, I don't think there's a day that I go without making some comment or just, Hey, what's up when, when we, when we chat or, you know, if I don't start it, somebody else will, you know, and just, 
And, you know, most of the time we're just breaking each other's balls, but um, it's good to know, like I can, at any time I can pick up that phone and reach out to to the guys, you know, with anything I need. Like, and, and I've, you know, I've opened up on there a couple of times, you know, like, Hey, I'm not feeling good today. This happened or, you know, something bad happened. I want to share it with you guys. And, and you always get the support, which is awesome. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, between the, the therapy and uh, I mean the, um, yeah, the therapy, the meditation and, you know, the group that, that keeps me going, you know, like there's days I wake up and I'm like, ah, and then these guys will be cracking off on each other and I just start cracking up and I have a great day, <laughs> you know, cause, cause Jim says something stupid or somebody else says something stupid. And then they just, you know, just goes on a rant. So looks like um, last night. I mean, last night we were just like a pack of <laughs> a pack of wild dogs yeah. <laughs> Go, going yeah. at it. Oh no, it was. It was. I'll I'll show you the text, but it was it was it was pretty funny. So and there's so, like the other thing I love about it, there's no filter. Like there's no yeah. There's no bullshit. You just you know you say what's on your mind, and either they laugh or they're like, oh, that's fucked up. You know what I mean? Like there's no. <laughs> But nobody takes offense. Nobody's right. nobody. Nobody right. gets butthurt. Nobody walks away from it. No, it's it's right. it's all part of it's all part of that part of the program. As right. as we do, I think I I think maybe one time somebody got upset, but they 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 said, "Hey, listen, that's not cool." Whatever, boom, and then we just moved on. Yeah, you right, know. So. But um, that those things are, are huge for me. You know, that stuff that I didn't have before. So. So my um my life now is very different than, than what it was. Um and you know, my myself, I see things coming, you know what I mean? Like sometimes the red flags go up and I'm like, Oh, you better go meditate for twenty minutes because you're starting to get ornery. Right. Right. And even and even my kids, like my oldest son, he'll he'll catch it sometimes and he'll be like, Dad, why why are you so angry today? Like you know, did we do something? And then I'm like, Oh, I need to go you know, check myself. So, um, where before, I mean, I didn't see that. I mean, you could have hit me in the head with a brick and I wouldn't have saw that, you right. know? <laughs> so how, how do the boys deal with it? I know, I know how my son deals with it. I mean, but how, how, how do your boys deal with it when, when John's, you know, when, when dad's kind of <laughs> iffy? That's the way to put yeah, it. Yeah. So, so, so John's in, in tune to it. So he, he knows and, um, and, you know, he hears me talking to you guys sometimes and, and stuff. So he, he's, he understands like, you know, um, uh, listen, I'm so, surprised this kid doesn't have his own, his own PTSD. John, was it like last year, two years ago, John got new phones, right? Uh-huh. And the numbers got switched. Oh shit. And so we're texting back yeah. and, and he's getting all the texts. And he was getting all the texts. Yeah. My son, my son was getting all the texts. He's like, like sometimes we get real. We get real raw on this. Yeah. Like, who the hell is this? And I'm like, who the fuck is this? And he goes, I'm, you know, and he goes, and, and then he goes, do you go to like PS like 99? I'm like, publish, oh, PS 99? I'm like, and I'm like, what the hell is this? You know? And then, then John, he pops on a little bit, a little bit later. He's like, yeah, we get, the numbers got all jacked up. And we're doing, and I'm like, I come to find that out. That is too funny. <laughs> oh, that is video. too funny. That was crazy, dude. It was, that kid was clutching you know off, man. How old was he? Was he? 
Oh, oh he had to be like maybe ten, maybe. Oh gosh, that was a, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he's twelve now. <laughs> but can you imagine being ten you know, and you're getting all these like? You're like, what the fuck? It was. I mean, we were laughing after the fact, but and like my kids are very like I don't um I don't sugarcoat things with my kids. I tell them how it is, right. you know. Like um, my my neighbor, my next door neighbor's house burnt down, and um, he sheltered his daughters from telling them what really happened. So my John Anthony says to me, says, Dad, you know, why, why doesn't he tell his daughters, you know, what happened? And I'm like, oh, listen, you know, people raise their kids differently. And I was like, you know me, you know, I'll tell you, you know, listen, the house burnt down, all your shit is gone, and we got to start over. All your toys are gone, we got to start over, you know, like I don't. I mean, that's not funny, but. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, that's how I am with them, you know what I mean? Like, I. Right. You know, this is reality, dude. Here it is, you know? So, and um, they're pretty good with it. Um, my, my little guy is not, not, not as much. Like I remember my, my little guy came home and, uh, he, he brings home a nine, a book on nine 11 and he hands it to me. He says, dad, can you read this to me? And I didn't want to tell him no, you know? Right. So I was like, all right. So like, I, I wind myself up. I'm like, all right. So we sit down and, uh, I open it up and I get to like maybe halfway through the first paragraph. And I just start bawling, crying. I close the book and I walk away. And my little guy's like, what's wrong with that? What's going on? So like, and then I had to explain to him, like, listen, this is really tough for me. So he never asked again. Right. So, so, um, they had a trip that they went to the, um, you know, the freedom tower. Right. And he was like that. He goes, listen, I'm going to the freedom tower because I'm not even going to ask you because I know, you know, I know it's tough for you. So, he goes, but do you think mom will go? And I was like, I don't know. Call mom and ask her. But like he 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 recognizes it. He knows, you know. Right, so right. The both of them are very different in how they react to it. But um, yeah. But John is definitely in tune to me. He, he'll be like that. You know, you, you you're real angry today. Why? What's going on? What happened? Nah, they're great kids, man. They really are. They're they're funny. I think that's. Um, yeah, I think that's very important, man. Um, um, just what you just said right now, especially you know, for uh, you know, for guys like us, man. You know, for the type of shit we um, um, go through, to be very open with your kids like that. You know what I mean, so that they understand what's going on with you. I think that's right. I think right. that's dope and that's awesome, I, man. I think they pick up, and this is one of the things that that we don't realize that the, the kids pick up a lot more than we actually do understand and realize. Yeah. Um, but you gotta look. Right. You gotta look at how, if you don't they, en- how they handle it, right? Right. And right. if you don't engage it, they're not gonna know how to deal with that. Right. I mean, listen, we, exactly. we as adults have trouble dealing with it, right? Right. So imagine a kid. Yeah. No, so, I mean, and I've I've had to explain stuff to Deej. I mean, you know, just. You well, know, I think you have to, right? No, yeah. you, do, you do. Yeah, I you think do. you have there's, to. But and there's with 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 post traumatic with PTS there. There's second and third order effects that affect the family. Yes. But we're absolutely. so deep. We were so deep into what was going on with us. We didn't, you don't see it. Right. And a lot of times when you do finally see it, it's too late. Right. And yep. that's, that's when you're, that may be when you're on your downward, on your downward spiral. Right. 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 You're getting ready yep. to hit rock bottom. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so and it, it just it, everybody we all see it at different times. We all hit it at different times. Right. You know? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and like, know, I, like I'm on my third marriage. There's a reason why I'm on my third marriage. You know what I mean? Exa- exactly, man. You know, um, you know, here on this podcast, man, we we uh, love to keep things as 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 yeah. as real it is it as real as it is, man. And like and like what you just said, you know, I say the same thing all the time. I'm like, I'm divorced for that fucking reason because I, you know, what I'm saying because I had issues and and it, yep. it, two two it takes two to, two to tango. You know what I mean? So like, yes, sir. You gotta take responsibility for it, man. And like, you gotta ask yourself, why was I like that? What I'm saying, what are the what are the other underlining issues? You know what I'm saying? Because it ain't just the marriage. It ain't just this. It's 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 other shit going on. Right. Exactly. Yeah, man. Exactly. So I think that's awesome, man. And uh, you know, like I said, especially you know talking to your kids because I got two of my own. I got a 13 year old and uh, and a, and a 10 year old, which I don't see that often. But you know, one thing I'm always talking with with uh, uh, James here is, man, dude, like. I always got to be honest with them. I always got to let them know what's going on because if you don't, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, right? Like they're just going to look at you like, well, dad's just an asshole. Dad, you know what I'm saying? Dad doesn't want to go on this field trip with me or dad doesn't want to do this. But you know what I'm saying? With you being open with them and letting them know exactly what's going on, brings a different light and different perspective to it for them. You know what I mean? And, and definitely a, 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 a huge amount of respect to go with that too. Well, they still think he's an asshole, yeah. but I mean, that's... Well, yeah, know. that's probably never going to change. <laughs> but they love me. Right. I'm an asshole, but they love me. Exactly. But, but no, you, you know what my biggest fear is? My, my biggest fear is that my kids turn into me when I was an asshole. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, if, if, I, if, I don't, if I don't communicate to them why dad does this or, right. you know, how dad was, yeah. you know, and how I am now, you know, they're... they're because your kids emulate you. Exactly. They're going to turn into you. Yeah, exactly. And I, and listen, I don't want my kids to be married three, four times. No. You know, I don't want them to go through life, hating life. Exactly. Thinking about maybe, maybe I should just end all this misery. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's horrible. That's, that's my biggest fear, you know? Uh, yeah. Agreed, man. Agreed, man. No. Well, shit, man. Because they, they will become you. 110%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 110% man. And, sure. and you know, yeah. like you just said it, you, you just said it perfectly, man. Like just like, I never thought of it like that, but now, but now I'm thinking about it. Like that is like the worst man for, for your kids to become who you were at your, at your worst. You know what I mean? At your worst. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's just horrible. So John yeah. and I, and I asked, I asked, I asked Bobby this, um, and a couple other guys and Tom asked me this when, when we did mine, Say you hadn't gone to Saw, say you didn't have the group, where would John be in 2021? Oh, in the ground. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Yeah. There's no way. Because, I mean, when I went to Saw, I was at my wit's end. If I didn't go to Saw, I'd probably, not too long after that, I probably would have took my life. And that's no bullshit. So if you, if your friend hadn't stepped in and said, Hey, I got this, this thing I want you to, uh, this program I want you to go to or, or look at, that's where you'd be. No doubt. Yeah. So the brotherhood is no not doubt. dead, even with the blue line. I was just, yeah. I was thinking something similar to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, we all, I mean, when you look at this, we all have to take care of each other. Well, we've, you can't do this on your own. No, you can't. 
but, no, but you we think, do. You think you can. You think you can. <laughs> yeah, we can. Because, yeah, you know, we're all A-type personality, right? You can do anything, right? Yeah, get, me and James no. say that all the time. I, I, got, an no. S, I, got, I got an S on yeah. my chest, and with all the scars and stuff, it's turned into, like, I don't know, an, a zero. I don't even know what it is. But no, It's kidding. turned into the mess that you are. That's yeah, what it turns no, into. Exactly. <laughs> no, the hot mess, you know. But, yeah, uh, yeah. No, so, but the point point that I'm trying to make is, you know, anybody that's listening – when when somebody does make and I, and I know it's we don't always pick up on it, but somebody does make a suggestion. Step back, think about it for a second. Um, but you know, go in go in, go in search of of, of like minded people. Um, I had a I had a guy when when we uh, came in came into the peer group. This is probably about a year ago, and he says, "Why are we doing this? Right. Why do we have to do this?" And I said, "Well, they broke us, wrote us hard, and now we've got to we've got to turn around and take care of each other." And he just looked at me like, like I had antlers growing on my forehead. Right. When he called me about a month later, and he says, "You know, I thought about what you said," and he says, "You're absolutely right." So just think about it. You know, why, why do we have to do this? Right. Because think of the alternative. If right. I don't do this, if I don't take care of my brother, if I don't, if I don't, you know, try and help myself, where are you going to end up? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Like I said, so that's, for me, I, I'd end up you know, six feet under guaranteed. Yeah, for sure. I have no doubt in my mind about it. Yeah. Sure. And that's, and that's so, one, that's one of the things I tell guys when, when I give them my phone number, I'm like, you know, you can call me 24 hours a day. In 20 years, I've missed one phone call and almost lost my best friend. Mm. You know, and that. Uh, and you know what else the beauty of it is, too? After you, you know, you, you, you get, you're, you know, you get help and, and, and you, you know, you have your peer group and everything. And, you, and you, you've been down the road a little bit through it. You, you see guys where you were and you pick up. It's like. It's yep. like they're holding up a giant bullseye, you know, yep. like that guy, he's ripe for the program or he's ripe for, you know, to reach out to him. You know what I mean? And right. it's funny because like, it's like looking in your rear view mirror and you see all these guys behind you that I, I was at that point. Yeah. You know, and then you see guys that you, you want to emulate that are, that are ahead of you and you're like, Oh, I want to get to that. And then, like, before I did any of this, I didn't see any of that, you know? I was just drowning in my, my misery, you know? Just, yeah. you know, you don't see, you know? You right. don't see it. Right. And once the blinders come off, dude, it's it's beautiful because then, you know, I, I just had a friend of mine I haven't talked to in, in years. He's, he's in seventh group. And he, we just reached out. He reached out to me the other night, and we talked for, like, three hours on the phone. And, and he was like, he was talking about going to school. And I was like, dude, go. Yeah. I'm like, go. I was like, it's the best thing you ever did. Yeah. And that's, and so that's one of, that's, that's kind of a segue into one of the next ones that we're going to do where we start talking about places that people can go and, mm-hmm. and how to pick them out because there's, there's a lot of places out there, but may not, some of these places might not quite be for you. Um, and that's right. it's it's right. kind of it's kind of like shoes, you know. Um, right. But we'll talk about that. Um, right. So John, yeah. You know, I mean, 
I went through Saw, so I, I always recommend Saw. Like I, I told Max White, I was like, listen, you, you need to go. You know, you got to You're fighting your demons on your own. Yep. Yeah. It's not going to work. You know, and and believe it or it's not, a, it's I have a slippery a, slope. A decent, yeah, I have a decent relationship with my ex-wife because of my kids. You know, but um, you know, she's got demons, man. Yeah. And I, I see it, you know, I'm like, listen, you need to get help. But, you know, nobody's going to get help until they're ready to get help. I was just going to say that. Nope. Yeah. Nope. No. And and, you know? and even if you do go and you're not ready, it's it's exactly it's pointless. Yeah. You have to hit your true. You have to hit your true rock bottom. You whatever do, that is for for the individual and yeah. whoever's listening out there. Yeah. Whatever your rock bottom is, that's, yeah. you know, and it's different for everybody. It's yeah, very when, true. When you hit rock bottom, don't keep digging. Well, you know, right? Because ain't nothing there. You're at rock bottom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I've had friends like that, man, where you try to talk to them, but then you know, what I'm saying, like, it gets to a point where you're just like, all right, man, hey, I voice my opinion. You know, what I'm saying I voice my uh, concerns, but you, pretty much you're gonna pretty much you're gonna get help when you want it to. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I can only say so much, man. But we've all hit that. We've all hit that right. point. Right. You know, right. All hit that point where somebody has said something, and you're like, you know, oh, of course. So, <laughs> you know, but that's and that's that's why I say, you know, step back, step back, possibly, you know, listen and, and look at it. So, and, and we all done the same thing, right? Yeah. When somebody told you that maybe you should get help, you were like, fuck you, dude. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, yeah, because I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Exactly. I, I'm not the one with the problem. Uh, right. I mean, you guys. Everybody you know, else is everybody else is fucked up. I'm good. You, you guys got you guys got the rubber gun squad. We got JRTC. So, I mean, that's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jim loves the rubber gun squad. Yeah. He's like, the what? I'm like, the rubber gun squad. <laughs> That was pretty funny when you said that shit. When he told me that story, I was I lost it. I was like, "Oh my god, the rubber gun squad!" <laughs> I was like, so, John, listen, yeah, you, you got anything else? No, I think I talked more than I thought I was going to talk. So, oh man, it's good. I mean, that's that's yeah, I mean, that's a good day. We, yeah. When when we when when we interview these guys, it's what we try to do. I mean. You know, it's just you know, and the less we have to interject and and go, that's great. I mean, we can just tidbits of info, but no, yeah. it's it's just getting it out there. And it's listen, brother, I I'm, I know it took us a while to to get you here, and I know you were kind of standoffish yeah. from the very beginning. But thank you, thank you, thank you for doing this, man. Listen, I want to thank you guys, man. Yeah, man, thank um, you. I love that that you're doing this. I love the show, Jerry. You know, I love you to death. And you know, for everybody that's listening, you know. Um, maybe if it's just one thing I said, you know, in my story that, you know, changes your mind. Awesome. You know, don't, don't be afraid to reach out, you know? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, you know, I really appreciate you guys, you know? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for coming on, man. Um, you know, like I said before, like I, I, Obviously, I've seen a lot of interviews, but this is the first time I've I've actually heard you know what I'm saying anybody's experiences from uh, Ground Zero itself, man. Which and and for me, uh, you describing the smells and the sounds and everything, man. Kind of like like I'm not gonna lie, it, it kind of put me there. You know what I mean yeah. in a way. Yeah. And. Yeah. I, I had so many like I seriously had so many things going on in my head that, <laughs> that I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> like, all right. But yeah, no, man, I, 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 I hope I, I hope I answered some of no, your you did. questions that you wanted to ask. And no, you did, man. You did. You did. You answered them all. Just like he was saying, I was just being a little anxious, just kind of 
<laughs> just kind of listening. But uh, yeah, no, no, no. I appreciate you coming on, man. I appreciate you uh, sharing your story. And I'm sure uh, people are going to get something out of this one. <laughs> I'm sure. sure uh, I hope so. Good. Yeah, man. Good. Well, thank you so much, man. Thank you for coming on. James, thank you for, uh, you know, Hooking it up. If you guys want to get get a hold of me, um, IG is peer to peer Fort Bragg, and then our email is peer to peer Fort Bragg at gmail.com. If you got any questions on what we talked about on the show, even just being pointed in the right direction, yeah. I got a I, I got a peer message last night from a guy in Texas who wants me to call him tonight. Just just a like out of the blue from listen listening to the podcast. Yep. I'm telling y'all, man, um, you know, you guys heard it right here, what John said himself. Um, you know, that's one thing I know for me that's helped me out was the peer-to-peer, because you know what I'm saying? That's just what it is, man. You got to look out for each other. Like we said it before, you know, we all think that we can do all this on our own. We can get past all this on our own. And the the, the bottom line and the truth is you can't. Like you need, you know what I'm saying? You need help uh, from the outside, whether it's be friends or, you know what I'm saying? Just somebody to talk to. And that's what the peer-to-peer is about, man. Um, yeah, so definitely... Go check us out. Go check them out. Hit us up. Uh, uh, you know, if you have any questions. You good, John? Thanks, John. Yeah, man, I'm good. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks again, John. Thank All you, right. guys. Thanks, yep. man. Bye. Yep.